Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you are on planet Earth right now, that you are taking cover. That you're taking cover, that you are doing really well in your personal safety and protection and you're taking precautions in your physical body's health. This is a really tense time for everybody on the planet. So not just us light workers or us people that are awake and going through the ascension uh, symptoms. But for every human being on the planet, we're all facing a crisis. We're facing, uh, some of us are facing mortality, potentially. We are facing um, an unseen, unknown enemy, which is a little tiny virus. (laughs) And six counties tomorrow will be locked down in Northern California in the Bay Area, San Francisco, will be on lockdown. The entire country of Ecuador, where I live, will be on lockdown tomorrow too. So my oldest and my youngest and I, we're all going to be forced by our governments, (laughs) respectively, to be in quarantine for 15 days. New York City is under quarantine and many, many places around the world are under quarantine now. Um, Our quarantine here just started almost an hour ago and they basically said on the news, get out and get all your supplies that you're going to need for the next two to four weeks. There's a lot of people talking about hoarding and when the government tells you to go out and you buy three to four weeks worth of food, toilet paper, <laughs> uh, bleach, whatever you need, you know, supplies, that's not hoarding. You're just buying a month's worth of food in advance. You know, um, you can't have it both ways. You know, there's, there have been people, spiritual people on YouTube going, I just can't stand those hoarders. Oh my God. They're so unspiritual. I'm sorry. When your government tells you, you can't leave the house by law, like it's illegal for us to leave for 15 days from our house. We just can't leave. It's over. It's just, we can't leave the house. You know, it is like, if we leave the house, 
we go to jail and risk getting sick. And if we are sick, risk getting other people sick. So, sorry, it's not hoarding when you're buying the food that your government told you to buy. Um, the, the problem is when people are buying, like, every last can of tuna on the shelf. You know, you don't need 50 cans of tuna. You know? <laughs> but, um... I, I'm just, today's my very last day of like 10 days of prednisone, which knocks out my immune system. So shopping in a very tense, scary grocery store, um, all the meat was off the shelves. There was maybe like four or five chickens, two or three steaks, and then the rest of the shelves completely gone. Um, my son and I have been eating mostly, um, well, he's been eating almost completely vegan actually I think completely vegan and I've been eating vegetarian because I like putting Parmesan cheese on my vegan soup <laughs> um, you know like we decided just to you know just go straight up just we're only eating vegetables but I did buy another thing of shrimp I've got two things of shrimp in my freezer in case we get down to the wire and we're like we're kind of really needing more protein. And I bought a couple cans of tunas. We have like three cans of tuna in the house. That's it. But lots of vegetables, lots of legumes, lots of, um, we even bought beans that were fresh, like freshly picked this week, probably freshly picked in the past three days. So, um, you could do that here. (laughs) It's really interesting. You buy peas like literally right off the plant here. It's so strange. I've never been having vegetables this fresh before. But um, that's all we've been doing, though. My son and I, for like days, that's all we've been doing is making big, huge pots of... We just put chop up all the vegetables, put in the spices, put in a little bit of olive oil, add the water, and just turn it on. And we're making these vegan stews. And that's all we've been doing for like days like we had a couple days where I made like a spaghetti sauce and we had it with pasta and then we had a few days of stew but that's for like the past week that's how we've been eating extremely healthy extremely high quality food we found um some vitamin I don't even know what it's called um we found this stuff it's uh boosts immune system it's got a bunch of minerals and and vitamins and high quality things like echinacea. So if we do get sick, we have that immune system defense. I've got my whiskey here. Um, you know, go back to prime creator's message to the world. If you haven't heard it last week, I believe, or maybe it's the last week before me, it might've been a month ago, the last, maybe two or two ago. And he was talking about if you have Scottish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, If you're not an alcoholic, if you're an alcoholic, ignore this advice. If you are not an alcoholic, just grab your scotch whiskey and don't do anything with it. Just have it on hand. If you do get sick, one shot and no more every single day will help brace up your immune system because of the ingredients that they use to make scotch whiskey. Plus the alcohol itself will kill germs. So, but that, so I've got my whiskey, I've got my echinacea, golden seal, I think might be golden seal. Was several things. We got some hemp seed, chia seed, and flax seed. It was like a combination. Um, 
my son's been making artisanal breads. We're thinking about making sourdough bread. We've got some starter in the fridge. We just started. Um, cause fermented food is good and we'll probably put the hemp seed, flax seed and chia seed uh, mixture in that because that would be extremely healthy. But that's all we've been doing. I mean, it's like we bought extra water. We don't have enough for a month, but we do have enough water probably for the next four or five days at least. Toilet paper. Oh my God. So we're toilet paper hoarders now. (laughs) It was on sale. There's this massive, massive, massive stack. The toilet paper is not almost out or anything, but there was this massive stack of toilet paper that I suspect would have been there with or without the coronavirus issues. Um, it was a dollar 74 for like six, no, 12 double rolls. And it's all recycled. It's like the good stuff without, doesn't have any sense or anything. And my son's like, Oh my God, he grabbed three of them. I'm like, uh, and then I get home and I already had like, I had, um, already 12 triple rolls. I forgot I bought. So we're good to go on the toilet paper for like two months, maybe unless we get really sick and then maybe a month, but, um, yeah, we're, we're scared a little bit. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, we've been focusing on comedy today. Ralph smart has a kind of a funny routine. He's better as an inspiring speaker, inspirational speaker than a comedian, but he, he talked he did a little bit of a comedy routine. Trevor Noah of the daily show. They, they shut down everything in New York, everything Broadway is done. All of the movie theaters, the AMC movie theaters across the United States, just 10 minutes ago. Um, they've already announced they're going to shut down for a minimum of six weeks. And they're thinking probably 12 weeks. This, this is unprecedented. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. For 250 years, there has been a St. Patty's Day parade in New York City. And tomorrow will be the first time in 250 years. And it's just, it's not going to happen. It's the first time it won't happen. So many things are not going to happen for a long time. This is one of the weirdest things, probably the weirdest thing ever that I've been through in my life. My son and I were having this conversation and he's like, well, you know, we're kind of used to it. We've, we've had several times, several incidences, several things in our lives that things that occurred outside of us, around us that forced us inside for a few days or a week or two weeks. So, I mean, you know, this isn't anything new, really. It's just, it's a different kind of a threat. And I said, yeah, but this didn't happen when I was younger because, you know, the first 25 years of my life, I lived free of martial law, except for one week during the Los Angeles riots. And then after, you know, I was 25, We had the Northridge earthquake, which that was martial law. 
Um, and then since my kids and I start traveling, we've been quarantined or isolated or forced to stay indoors because of rioting in Mexico and in Colombia and in Ecuador and in Peru. There were a lot of riots in Peru. My oldest and I ended up going to this one part of downtown and these riots broke out and there were these enormous Clydesdale horses. They were like freaking enormous, enormous horses. They were so scary, huge horses. And these cops were throwing massive, um, into this massive crowd, just can after can of tear gas. And my oldest and I, we had to make a break for it and run to avoid because the wind was coming our way with the tear gas and the wind. And we were like covering our faces and we had to go into this underground mall where there were like rats and really fucked up cats for some reason. It's like cats missing legs and missing ears and they'd been all chewed up and dirty and scabby. I mean, literally it was something out of like an anime, (laughs) like the worst part of town in an anime um, type of movie. It was crazy. We were just looking just... We, we were like, oh my God, we had to go literally like buy one thing that we could, it was like an impossible thing to find. And we were there, we had already gone there a couple times and we we're just like, all right, this is the only time we're ever going to come back to this place. And I ended up going back to that market, the underground market and, and they call it something like, they don't call it the underground market. They call it something else. You know, they make it sound like it's a mountain (laughs) and then you get there and you literally have to go down like 40 stairs into the ground and you're like in a subterranean sort of like it's a subterranean mall, but it's like stalls of food of um, like food court and food and then also like um, everything you can imagine from cameras to jeans I even went and I actually, the only two pair of jeans I own right now, I bought there and, um, it's really, really sketchy and really, really scary. And it's a lot of gangs. It's just a really creepy place. But that was, I think that was, that wasn't even the last ride I was in. That was a one ride I was in in Peru. But so my son and I were talking about that today. They were like, it's so weird that we have been isolated in a way like to have to force forcibly socially distance ourselves and what another thing was the census in Peru in Lima actually the whole I think it was the whole country no one was allowed to leave whether they were tourists or not you just it's like you have to stay here and be counted by the government and I remember that day one of the government workers was a woman and she was going from door to door and it was a really hot day and this guy said why don't you come in for some lemonade and she's like I'm not allowed to go in to anyone's house and He's like, come on, it's hot. You look hot. And she had to pee. You know, he's just like, okay, fine. Can I use your bathroom too? So she went into the bathroom, used the bathroom, and she came out. He raped her. And it took the government three and a half weeks to arrest him, even though she obviously had his address. She's the census taker. So, <laughs> um, Peru's a crazy place. But anyway, but Ecuador is on lockdown t- tomorrow for 15 days. And, Pharmacies are open and grocery stores are open. Banks are open and obviously hospitals are open. 
Other than that, nothing else is open. It's over. It's just no restaurants. It's illegal to have a a restaurant open. And that's it. (laughs) We, this afternoon, about two o'clock, my friends, um, my son's friend wrote us and said, or wrote to my son and said, you guys have to go out and get your groceries right now for the next month. Otherwise you might not get food. And, um, my son's just like, mom, holy crap. We got to go right, right now. We didn't have any masks. I wore my misfits bandana over my face, like a bandit, um, which I mean, if you don't know what the misfits are, like their logo or whatever, it's like, um, a really creepy, scary skull type of face <laughs> with like, you know, bony hands, like dead hands. <laughs> and so that's what I wore my face. So I, I look like a bandit crazy. It just is crazy. And my son wore his cowboy hat and his duster cause he wanted to be a cowboy today, but he didn't want to wear a mask. I'm like, you should wear a bandana, but then, you know, he's already dressed like a cowboy. He's like, I'll just keep my face, you know, (laughs) keep my face covered. And he's not feeling so hot tonight. He's like, I don't know, mom. I don't, I hope I'm not sick, but we keep making this healing stew. Um, I want to mention it because you guys, um, use the fumigant herbs. All of the Italian cooking spices are fumigants. They will help you fight off and they will also kill like rosemary kills microbial life oregano does too and um i mean i'm not saying it's going to definitely kill the coronavirus if you have it but it will help your immune system and it will take care of anything in your system right now whether it's corona or not it will take care of it at least you know if you'll have a fighting chance if you cook with the right herbs um you know, what did I put in mine? Um, I had some laurel bay leaves and lots of basil and rosemary, definitely rosemary and oregano. Rosemary and oregano are the ones that have the most microbial, antimicrobial action. So garlic also, um, boosts the immune system. Onions also same thing, but I want to remind you guys that look, if you do get sick, the thing is, go to the right frequencies on YouTube, go to the binaural beats and the isochronic tones and the healing frequencies, 10,000 Hertz frequency. I've been listening to that for days. If I feel a little bit under the weather, cause I'm kind of stressed about this, you know, like I'm, I'm feeling the love. I'm actually in the love vibration, but there have been moments where I drop back down into that. Oh no. <laughs> and at night I put this on and I listened to it for three hours. Love motives. That is literally the best channel. He's got the best music. He's got high frequency vibrations. His music is amazing. Just be aware that in the first like three to four minutes, there's going to be an advertisement and then there won't be another advertisement for the rest of the um, play. But, um, he's got some of them are eight hours long. I mean, Hey, we're home now for 15 days. So most of you that are listening to this are probably going to be quarantined for like the next two weeks. If you haven't yet, they're going to, it's coming. I'm telling you, I swear to God, it's coming for everybody. The quarantine situation. 
I think it's like 34 states in the U.S. are quarantined right now. And I know, like, California's not quarantined, but I know in the Bay Area, six counties are. Berkeley, Oakland, um, San Francisco. They don't know how they're going to pay their employees, you know. If there's no customers, how can there be, you know. Like, all the restaurants, they're scared. This is a very, very scary time. Social security offices that start closing down across the country, especially in Michigan. They're like, we're done. <laughs> you know, we're just, you know, we got a better, the only way we could best serve the public is to not be open to the public. It's illegal in most places to gather in groups of, um, some places 50 or more, other places 30 or more, other places 10 or more. And in the six counties in San Francisco, they're saying it is, if you go out walking with a friend, you have to walk six feet away from each other. So what's the point at that point? Can you even hear each other at that point? Unless you have a hearing aid. I mean, how can you hear somebody, you know, six feet away? It's crazy. You're allowed to walk your dog in your park by yourself. Like literally that's what they said in the Bay Area. So we don't want to give into the fair, right? Looking at the, uh, information that is put out today, 8% of the people are dying from it. Now it did go up. It went up over the weekend. 349 people in Italy died today. God rest their souls. God bless their families. I think that's the most that have died in a single day so far. Nobody died in China. We're already having days in which nobody died in China. So that's good. That's, you know, right there, that's good news. You still have a 92% chance of passing this test. (laughs) You have a 92% chance if you do get the virus that you're definitely going to live through it. So, I mean, you know, hey, that's good. That's good. Make sure you have all your medicines. Tomorrow, my son and I are going to try to call the uh, hospital and ask if they will come over here and administer a pneumonia shot for me. I realized I haven't had my pneumonia shot pneumonia shot in... Um, seven years and you're supposed to get it every three to five years if you are susceptible to pneumonia and now that I realize this virus is actually a pneumonia not a cold (sighs) little you know concerned concerned but I'm stuck in my house now (laughs) woke up in the morning actually the Sun woke me up at 8 o'clock in the morning came through my window I had a little sliver um, where the curtain was open just so and it went right in my eyes woke me up I'm like oh grandfather woke me up and I opened my window and I still get the fresh breeze I get the sunshine on my face and I, I spent 90 seconds in the sun don't want to have more than that literally that's enough vitamin D for the whole week for a redhead on the equator but um yeah, this is it, guys. This is um, 
says that I'm going to go tomorrow over Sri and Kira's list of Ascension symptoms for the year 2020. The Ascension energy symptoms, you know, or Ascension flu or whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now that fear, fear is a huge ascension symptom for the year 2020. So if you feel that you're fearful, that's good because it's actually a huge, huge part of it. So it's not on their, their list. I'm looking at their list and I wanted to see what they had to say about for today, but I'm going to go over the 18 energy symptoms of 2020, but fear is a massive part of the awakening this for this year, because even though we're all on individual ascension paths, we're all kind of ascending at relatively the same time. There isn't one giant grand event, by the way. Um, that was something that came in on my Instagram feed. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I never once claimed there was one event where we're all going to be like, woo, now we're here. It's all individual. It's always been individual. It's just that we're all pretty much old souls. We all know each other in heaven. You guys are my soul family. You're my soul tribe. And you are each other's soul family and soul tribe. And you've known each other for millennia. And I've known you guys for millennia. And, you know, some of you have written to me and said, my God, your voice is so familiar. I just feel like I've known you forever. And you have. (laughs) You know, Becca, who has um, her podcast, I talked about um, a couple weeks ago. She and I have been writing back and forth. And she's amazing. And. She, um, she said the other day, she's like, I know you were my mama in a past life. I just feel it. She's like, I just feel so close to you. It's so weird. I feel like you're my mom in past life. I go, you know, I don't remember it, but you know what? I I probably was. And I feel just so much love for her too. And I just saw one of her videos on Instagram today and I was just like, oh my God, I just want to hug her so much. (laughs) so I don't know I mean this is the time though you need to hug yourselves hug your cat or dog unless you're sick Uh, quarantine yourself from your dog and cat by the way if you are sick that's what they're recommending because they're saying you know huh what if it is passed between species they don't even know you don't want to get your cat or dog sick and have them get you sick again with you know the mutated version if that's possible yeah, I'd like to ask for uh, your prayers for Jude, my friend, um, my near twin flame. And Jude Dikoff, the starseed perspective, he's sick. He's he's pretty sure he's got coronavirus because he's had these weird symptoms for a couple weeks. And he's been on prednisone too. And they didn't know what he had. They were like, uh, we don't know what you have. You don't have what we think you have, you know. They tested him for several things. But they didn't have a testing kit there in that part of Florida. So, but when I read off the symptoms last week, he wrote me and he's like, okay, I literally have every single one of those symptoms and this, this, this sucks. (laughs) So just send prayers, love and light to him. My 
cousin who was sick that I mentioned last week, she's better. She has a lot of posts of her with her horses on Instagram, so she's feeling um, happy. She's in sunshine again. Uh, Death came to me this weekend. Um, Literally, the angel of death came to me. And he just sat with me for a while, and I feel like one of my aunts might be ready for transition through the coronavirus. And by the way, that is a vehicle. This is a vehicle for a lot of people to uh, leave. The people that aren't ready to ascend, that just don't want to wake up, this is a really good vehicle to leave. You know, um, remember last year, God said a third of the people. I don't know if this is going to take a third of the people on the planet or not, but I do know that it's definitely a vehicle. It's the potential. It is definitely a vehicle. It's like, you know, over 7,000 people have died now. I think it was like 7,144 actually. Um, let me see. I, I had it here. Yeah. 7,174 people have died. That's 8%. Right now there are 95,668 people in Ecuador yesterday, we had, um, we had hopped up from, um, like, gosh, 21 people. And then we were at 28 people. We hopped up to 58 people like in one day. And now we have uh, one case here in Cuenca and she was traveling in Spain and Italy tested positive for it. She's 40 years old. And her symptoms are extremely mild and she starts self-quarantining immediately. But what the actual hell? What is up with the Spain and the Italy? Spain, Italy, China. Literally three of the top five countries are countries that I wanted to live in besides Ecuador. And God kept telling me, no, Ecuador, Ecuador, Ecuador. Don't leave Ecuador. Like, all right, I'm not going to leave Ecuador. Not until you give me the go ahead. (laughs) God knows best. And God protected me on this one for sure. Mm. Yeah, this is a crazy time guys. So what can you do? Okay. We're, we'll go over like the next, probably tomorrow. I'm going to go over what can you do to avoid going stir crazy during the coronavirus (sighs) crisis. And we're going to also go over ascension symptoms tomorrow. Today is the spirits book though. And by the way, you know, I have a lot of people that tune in to me on Mondays to hear the spirits book read by Alan Kardec. I mean, read by me. I mean, he's a writer from 160, almost 163 years ago. And he published this book in Paris, France. And a lot of you people that are listening on Monday nights are in France and I believe in Paris. So if you guys can help me with something, my son and I have recently gotten into, um, uh, French rap (laughs) and we don't know any good bands that are really, really good high quality French rap because we barely speak French, but we want to learn more and we like to learn through music. I mean, I've been trying to do Spanish rap music for a while 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm horrible. Just to be honest. I mean, I could rap sometimes with Will Smith in English, a little bit with Baby Bash in Spanish, English, Spanglish. But I've been trying to rap with Paulo Londra, who I just absolutely adore. I have the maddest crush for him. <laughs> he is incredible. He's so freaking good. He's such a good rapper. And and um, and he's always like rapping about relationships or, you know, women that are into paranormal stuff. So I don't know, <laughs> just wild stuff. But um, and some of his stuff is just cute. He has really cute songs. Anyway, um, but lately, recently, the past few days, we keep hearing French rap and we're like going crazy for the French rap. So all of you who are listening in France, if you want to write to me, at metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. Please tell me the names of really, really good French rap bands. <laughs> so that's one thing you could do. See, there you go. I've already given you a freebie. You're already ahead of the game. I've given you something to do during the next 15 days. <laughs> you could challenge yourself to do a lingo, but we're not going to get into all now. But that, I mean, hey, you can learn a language in two weeks. At least enough to have a, a decent conversation. There's a lot you can do in 15 days' time, especially if the job you do can't be done. If you're like a Lyft driver, now you're staying home. And I'm gonna go over. It. I'm, I'm gonna. I'll come up with a list. I'll come up with super fun and amazing and unique things to do. Hopefully during the coronavirus thing. But also we're going to go over Ascension Symptoms for the whole year by Shereen Kara. This list, I finally listened to their 30-minute um, conversation about it, and it's incredible, and I'm feeling every single one of them, and I have a sneaking suspicion that you guys are feeling uh, some of them, if not most of them or all of them, so that's going to be tomorrow coming up. But, um, yeah, French rap, guys. Oh, my God, it's so so incredible. I love French music anyway. I love everything French. I love everything, everything, everything French. French toast, French fries, French kissing. No kissing during coronavirus, by the way. <laughs> no, for real though. I do. I, France is on my list of places I want to go to someday too. I want to see all of Europe. Just, I want to see all of Asia, all of Europe, New Zealand, Australia, especially Australia. Especially New Zealand. I don't know. Those are both on the list at the same level of where I want to see both countries. I want to go hug the koala bears. All right. Let's go to spaceweather.com. Um, there's literally only one fireball over the United States today. <laughs> so apparently the fireballs are also on a coronavirus break. Um, solar wind, uh, did flow out of the Northern Corona hole and it will reach earth on the 18th and 19th. So basically Wednesday and Thursday, expect some pretty strong energy coming our way. Um, oh yeah, by the way, Corona virus, Corona means crown in Spanish. And I found out that many people consider the highest peak in China to be the crown chakra of the world and that also the plasma that flows out of the coronal hole is um of the sun and coronal crown it's a crowning hole it's crowning like you know giving birth and um so 
this is a very spiritual thing that's going on and we are being tested on a spiritual level even though this is a man-made thing oh by the way neutron counts are very high out of ulu finland very high um so that has changed over the weekend lots of rate lots of radiation coming in man i feel it right now i don't know if you guys do there's a really beautiful emerald green um comet hundreds of times brighter than what astronomers had officially predicted four months ago and it is as bright as an eighth or ninth magnitude star you can't see it with it naked eye but with a telescope but if you want to see it on spaceweather.com it's there it's beautiful it's this emerald green it's almost like a blue and emerald green light it's absolutely beautiful so um he took a nice picture of it this guy amateur astronomer roman roman calusa of ontario canada so good for you Roman, uh, not that you're going to listen to my show, but I think this is really incredible. Um, this is a really good shot. He said it wasn't easy to take the shot, but he did. So here we go. Picture of a bright emerald green comet. It almost looks like an omen. (laughs) We've had six days without a spot on the sun. Spotless. Spotless sun. That's good. So isn't it? I don't know. Is it? Maybe not. It's not really protecting us from the cosmic radiation. Solar wind speed is 362.7 kilometers per second. So it's a little bit picked up over the weekend, but still for the sun, it's pretty, pretty, uh, slow for the sun. Um, the, uh, Bitcoin fell by 50% in two days over the weekend. That was extremely annoying to me. <laughs> I was trying to buy Bitcoin. I finally did buy some after it stabilized. And 10 minutes after I bought it, I lost $400. <laughs> so how to wait till it went back up, which it did and everything's, you know, good. But it was a really bad time to buy it. But, <sighs> well, <laughs> we'll try again next month. See what's going on. It will go back up though when the coronavirus is gone. So if you are a Bitcoin investor, it will go back up. I know it will. In fact, once everything's announced and no one's in quarantine, it'll probably go back up to 10,000. So you didn't really lose anything. You just can't really sell it until, you know, you have more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. Um, Let's see. There is a lot of stuff going on on the disclosurenews.it website. Uh, as far as the amplitude though, it's not very much Schumann resonance. is just nothing. It's like 20, but there's a lot of strange, like intense coloring in the chart in the background. Like, so the background junk, I don't know if it's radiation. Um, it's definitely noise. It's turquoise and lime green and red as well as, um, then the, the normal white and there's cross hatching patterns. It almost looks like in parts like a Scottish kilt. So it's pretty, um, I don't know. It's pretty crazy, uh, with what's going on in the background. A lot less actually Schumann resonance, uh, readings and a lot more just this weird background noise. It looks like there's two or three 
maybe possibly a fourth baseline being established. So uh, you'd have to see the chart. So disclosurenews.it if you want to go check check out that um, chart. All right, Heart Math Institute is another place I go for Schumann Resonance News because I'm not satisfied with what's going on with the the other one that I just mentioned. Um, it's usually extremely low, and then people go free, go around freaking out when it gets to 30 or 40 or 50. I knew it was high. No, you didn't, because a week ago when it was 790, you know, in Africa, no one said anything. You know, it's like I don't think so. It's it, there's something else that's affecting all of us, you know. So when we think we feel it, I don't think we do, you know. Like, because at first I was doing the same thing. Ooh, I felt it, and you know what? Then I started looking at the Heart Math Institute one, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is uh, this is different, way different. So there's something else going on here, and I don't know what it is. We're still working on it, but I'm going to shoot out these numbers to you anyway because they are. Um, still pretty interesting you know so in the Schumann in Italy it was only 20 but if you think you're feeling the Schumann resonance you might be because I'm gonna tell you something right now that on yesterday on Sunday it was 482 Hertz frequency in Hulului South Africa so if you're looking at this going 20 why is it 20 I know there's something going on well you're maybe feeling the Schumann resonance in Africa. Because <laughs> that's enormous. It's like 10 times more than what we need to be in the fifth dimension right there. That's massive amounts of cosmic radiation or whatever. It's just, it's like bouncing off the surface of the planet, going up into the ionosphere and creating a wave in the between the two. That's what the measurement is, but they don't really know. They say that it affects us, but maybe we're the thing affecting it. It is what it is. It's very weird. Anyway, California start off at midnight at 10 hertz frequency and by 4 a.m. was down to zero. Hofuf, Saudi Arabia was at zero the whole time. Lithuania was at 104 hertz frequency. At midnight by 4 a.m. they were at 108 hertz frequency. That's certainly nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> no sneezing. Knees into your elbow. <laughs> Touch your face. <laughs> Distance yourself from all social activities. Yay, says every introvert ever. <laughs> I finally have an excuse. I'm finally normal. I finally fit in with everyone else who's not here because of social distancing. <laughs> Alberta, Canada start off at midnight at 67 hertz frequency, and by 4 a.m., they were at 69 hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand started off at 52 hertz frequency at midnight, and by 4 a.m., they were at 59 hertz frequency. And last but not least, on the Schumann Resonance Scale, uh, Hulului, South Africa, is coming down in values since yesterday's huge 482 spike, and today... They started off at midnight at 271 hertz frequency. And by 4 a.m. they were at 194 hertz frequency. Still nothing to sneeze out, but it is considerably lower. So we are on less than 255 
in A Course in Miracles. I read this because it's a very high vibration. We keep our vibrations high and that's going to keep our spirits high and we're going to get through the next two weeks together, together alone, (laughs) separate but together. We're going to be together for the next two weeks, right? Guys, I'm going to be here for you and not on the weekends though. I just, I'm going to watch movies on Netflix on the weekends, but I finally like last, this past week I decided, you know, this is the time I'm going to actually go out and I want to date. I want to actually, I found, you know, this group, my friends sent it to me, metaphysical people in Cuenca. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get involved with this group. I'll find a nice man who maybe wants to have a coffee with me. I'm going to do it. And then boom, (laughs) 48 hours after I made the hard decision to do this. Uh, sorry, 15 days in quarantine later. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I dodged a bullet. <laughs> Maybe that bullet's not called the coronavirus. It's just, you know, bad dating. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. So, all right, let's get down to this. Uh, of Course in Miracles is found at ACIM.org. This is a website for the Foundation for Inner Peace. You can find all their lessons for absolutely free on any app. There's a whole bunch of them. Just go to your, your iStore or your Android store, Google Play Store, whatever it's called, Microsoft Store. All of them have A Course in Miracles apps. So... Or just ACIM.org works too. So lesson 255 is where we left off on Friday. And this is the lesson. This day, I choose to spend in perfect peace. This day, I choose to spend in perfect peace. It does not seem to me that I can choose to have but peace today. And yet my God assures me that his son is like himself. Let me this day have faith in him who says I am God's son. And let the peace I choose be mine today. Bear witness to the truth of what he says. God's son can have no cares and must remain forever in the peace of heaven. In his name I give today to finding what my father wills for me, accepting it as mine, and giving it to all my father's sons along with me. And so, my father, would I pass this day with you. Your son has not forgotten you. The peace you gave him still is in his mind, and it is there I choose to spend today. This day I choose to spend in perfect peace. Again, that's lesson 255 at ACIM.org. All right, so perfect lesson for today, you know, right when we're on the verge of this 15 days in our homes. So... (laughs) 
(laughs) everything is perfect and in divine order everything is in God's time and that includes the day that we die but we have a 92% chance that's not going to happen if we get the virus if we don't get the virus we have a 100% chance that's not going to happen be safe stay inside (laughs) and you can listen to me read this book so hey (laughs) I feel like um, everyone needed to meditate and take a pause and take a break and everybody everybody needed to do this as a part of the ascension thing And isn't that just so funny that the whole world is literally being given a timeout. But with all this crown related stuff, it's kind of, there's higher octaves to this as well. I find it incredible. I'm, I feel the energy. I'm, I just, I feel the energy constantly pouring down upon me in waves and there's so much love. There was a little bit of stress this weekend, just a, you know, a little bit, like a few hours here, a few hours there where I was like feeling the love, but then still aware of like fear type of energy. There's been a lot of physical pain in my body today, but I only felt it for maybe an hour and it was mild compared to normal because I was still in, in that energy, that rising above energy. Feel like I'm kind of floating above my body a little bit. Yeah. Why would I want to ground? There's pain there. <laughs> but this this energy of the fifth dimension is crazy. Like incredible crazy like in a crazy in a good way. Fairly incredible. I was kidding around with my son today earlier. I said, you know, um I know we're stuck in here for 15 days. You know what we could do? I know somebody, <laughs> I have somebody on speed dial, he could deliver drugs. And, and then I started laughing and my son's like, Oh, but all the borders are closed. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, this is really an emergency now. <laughs> and we were laughing so hard about that. Like, Oh my God, now it's really an emergency. I can't get my weed. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't drop acid during the quarantine. Oh my God. It's totally an emergency now. <laughs> uh, we were totally joking about I'm like, well, you know, Hey, <laughs> at least we still have Netflix. We have, you know, we have other things. I'm going to tell you guys other things you could do. Things that, that will be productive use of your time as well as fun use of your time. So we're going to figure it out tomorrow. I have now 24 hours to come up with a show for tomorrow. <laughs> that way, both inter- entertain and also inspire you <laughs> after we go through the ascension symptoms. So we're going to do all that tomorrow. I think it's going to be super fun. But, all right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to read the 1857 Parisian classic by Alain Kardec called The Spirit's Book. We're going to start with question 890 right after this message.
guys, so we are on question 890. This is the section of the chapter we were on last week that is entitled Maternal and Filial Affection. Now, uh, let's see, if you are just tuning into this and you didn't hear the rest of the book, what this is about is Alain Kardec was a part of the Spiritist Society in Paris, France in 1857. Back in those times, people were waking up to spirituality via speaking with spirits or ghosts, disincarnate entities, and they had salons all over Paris. I, part of me wants to go back. If there's time travel, I want to go back to Paris in that time. I would love to meet with Alan Kardec, but I would like to just experience and witness this because they had these salons where people would go and do table tipping and hold seances and speak with psychic mediums and their dead relatives. And it was not just something that some weird people off in the distance did, but it was all over. It was like the rage. It was all the rage. It was the fashion to go into these salons and just experience the unknown and the paranormal in polite society. (laughs) You know, this wasn't just, you know, the weird girl that sat in the back of your class saying, Hey, this weekend, let's do light, you know, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board or bloody Mary in the mirror. You know, it wasn't just that one weird person that had those spooky ideas, but rather the whole city had these spooky ideas. (laughs) People were really, really fascinated. It was a novelty. And so Uh, doctor, I think he was a doctor, Alan Kardec actually decided, you know, he was part of the society to investigate this stuff. And they were all very skeptical and very scientific. And they were always looking for wires and, you know, seeing if there was someone in the back making the noises, you know, trying, looking for every reasonable and logical explanation, every scientific possibility, no stone unturned type of thing. And they just didn't really believe it, but they were still investigating it in case. So Alain Kardec had an experiment that he set out to do. And this book that I read you tonight is this grand experiment come to life. He went to five different psychic mediums across the Paris, uh, the city of Paris. These people did not know each other. Two of them were sisters in one home. So he went to four locations and he asked them all the same exact questions. Now what's really odd about this, you would think if they're all faking it, you'd have four different answers for every question. But to his absolute shock, and surprise, all the answers were the same, no matter what medium he went to. That 
was significant scientifically. Now, from my perspective as, you know, a spiritual healer and shaman and someone who studied spirituality and metaphysics for a very, very, very long time, and I've spoken to a lot of Native American elders and, you know, people who were 10, 20 years older than me, 30 years older than me in some cases. Actually, Grandma Marion, last year I did a series every Saturday. I did a Grandma, Reverend Marion Jones episode. If you have not heard those, I highly recommend you go listen to all the Reverend Marion or Grandma Marion stories. She was, well, A, a total trip, and B, I think she was, if she wasn't a spiritual master, she was at least um, a saint which is like right before you become a spiritual master. She was an incredible human being besides that. And, um, anyway, just, just go listen to those. But, um, all the people I know, all the experiences I've had leads me to believe that the spirits he was asking the question of, he didn't know who he was talking to. He went to the medium to ask her spirits to answer. But what happens when you're a psychic medium for people for a living, at least what happens to me, in fact, it happens to me whether anyone's paying me or not. Like I've walked into hotels and seen the ghost of a mother sitting next to the son who's at the counter talking about how much he misses his mother. I'm like, well, she's sitting right next to you. You don't have to miss her. She's totally with you. You know, and I said that, and she's like, oh, God, finally someone can hear me and see me. And I'm like, well, I, I, it's like in my mind's eye, you know, I, I can hear you kind of in, in my ears. I don't hear and see you like you're here living solid being. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just my thing. It's like I've always attracted people that needed to talk to their relatives, and their relatives are sitting right next to them, and they don't even know it. <laughs> so... When you're a psychic medium, what happens when people come to you and ask you questions? It's their spirits that are answering. You know, so if you come to me, it might be your grandmother or your Aunt Edna that's answering the questions. Whether or not I tell you who's talking, you have to ask me, right? But so I think in his case, he went to these four people or these five people in four different locations. And I believe that the same spirits were following him around talking through the mediums. So of course it's going to be the same. This is why they feel they sound snarky. They're really snarktastic. I mean, some of these are incredible. So I, I think that's what honestly happened in this. So I'm going to read this now to you, but, um, that's kind of my theory of what's going on with this, um, and why they all gave the same answer, but it's still st- statistically significant because what are the odds? Because whether the spirits are his spirits or their spirits, he's getting the same answers again. And again, if it's his spirits, what it means is these, these five people can hear his spirits. So that means they're real. And if they were all different spirits at every place he went, it means the answers are real because they're the same answers. But when I ask my higher guidance, according to our world today and in our contexts today, what I get is it's 92% accurate still today. 
Yeah, where did we hear that in the first part of the show? 92 people. 92% of the people are living from the virus. So, there you have it. (laughs) All right, maternal and filial affection. That's the section we're on right now. Question 890, he asks, Is maternal affection a virtue? Or is it an instinctive feeling common to men and to animals? (sighs) Maternal men, really? Did you guys catch that little sexist thing right there? Okay. Product of his time, 163 years. (sighs) The spirit's answer, it is both. Nature has endowed the mother with the love of her offspring in order to ensure their preservation. Among the animals, maternal affection is limited to the supply of their material needs. Ooh, that's kind of sucky. (laughs) It ceases when this care is no longer needed. In the human race, it lasts throughout life and assumes a character of unselfish devotion that raises it to the rank of a virtue. It even survives death and follows the career of the child from beyond the grave. You see, therefore, that there is in this affection, as it exists in man, something more than as it exists among the animals. Interesting. Question 891. Since maternal affection is a natural sentiment, why is it that mothers often hate their children and even in some cases before their birth? Spirits say, the absence of maternal affection is sometimes a trial chosen by the spirit of the child or an expiation for him if he have been a bad father, a bad mother, or a bad son in some previous existence. In all cases, a bad mother can only be the incarnation of a bad spirit who seeks to throw obstacles in the path of the child in order to make him succumb in the trial he has chosen. But such a violation of the laws of nature will not remain unpunished, and the spirit of the child will be rewarded for surmounting the obstacles thus thrown in his way. Wow, so interesting, right? Question 892. When parents have children who cause them sorrow, are they not excusable for not feeling for them the same tenderness they would have felt had their conduct been different? The spirits say no, for the training of their children is a task that has been confided to them, and their mission is to make every possible effort to bring them back into the right road. Besides, the sorrows of parents are often the consequence of the bad habits they have allowed their children to contract from the cradle, a reaping of the evil harvest of which they themselves have sown the seeds. Yeah, so mothers, don't put cocaine on your baby rattles. (laughs) Bad habits. Evil habits from the the cradle. (laughs) Like, seriously, wait. (laughs) It's true, but 
I mean, obviously bad spirits do incarnate in human bodies. And so sometimes, sometimes there are children that are absolutely completely evil from the beginning, evil to the core. Also though, sometimes parents don't realize when they're giving their kids like red dye number 40, that can make your kid go completely crazy. I have some funny stories about that. <laughs> or at least one funny story about that. I didn't give my kids candy when they were little. I gave them Kool-Aid without the, the sugar in it. And they always told me how disgusting Kool-Aid was. So when they went to parties, they would say, no, thank you. I'd just rather have water. And everyone was so impressed. Until one day, they had the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and, the, oh, the look my oldest kid shot me. Oh, if looks could kill, I would have been dead that day. <laughs> I'm like, what? Sugar's not good for you. <laughs> I was only saving your life. <laughs> Oops. But, yeah. <laughs> Both my kids are very healthy now, though. On their own, they choose health. Always healthier stuff. Always. So, yeah, it was a method to my craziness, to my madness there. Okay, chapter 12. Moral perfection. Number one, virtues and vices. Number two, the passion. Number three, selfishness. Number four, characteristics of the virtuous man. Self-knowledge. So we're now on virtues and vices. Question 893. Which is the most meritorious of all the virtues? And the spirits say, all virtues are meritorious for all of them are signs of progress on the upward road, upward road. Say that five times fast. (laughs) There is virtue in every act of voluntary resistance to the seductive influence of evil tendencies. But the sublimity of virtue consists in the sacrifice of self-interest to the good of others. The highest of all virtues is that which takes the form of the widest and most disinterested kindness. Question 894. R, oh, I'm sorry. It's not R, it's there. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, nice dyslexia today. Question 894. There are persons who do good from a spontaneous impulse without having to ever overcome any opposite feeling. Is there as much merit in their action as in that of others who in doing good have to struggle with their own nature and to surmount an opposing impulse? The spirits say those who have no longer to struggle against selfishness are those who have already accomplished a certain amount of progress. They have struggled and triumphed in the past, and their generosity, therefore, no longer costs them any effort. To do good seems to them to be perfectly natural, because they have acquired the habit of kindness. They should be honored as veterans who have won their grades on the field of battle. As you are still far from perfection, such persons strike you with astonishment because their action contrasts so strongly 
with that of the rest of mankind, and you admire it in proportion to its rarity. But you must know that what is the exception in your world is the rule in worlds of more advanced degree. In those worlds, goodness is everywhere spontaneous because they were inhabited only by good spirits, among whom even an evil intention would be considered and as an exceptional monstrosity. It is this general prevalence of goodness that constitutes the happiness of those worlds. It will be the same in your earth when the human race shall have been transformed and shall rightly comprehend and practice the law of cherry. Question 895. Besides defects and vices in regard to which no one can be mistaken, what is the most characteristic sign of imperfection? And, spirits say, selfishness. Virtuous appearances are too often like gilding upon copper that cannot stand the application of the touchstone. A man may possess good qualities which may can pass in the eyes of the world for virtuous, but those qualities, though proving him to have made a certain amount of progress, may not be capable of standing trial and the slightest disturbance of his self-love may suffice to show his real character. Absolute, disair- in, uh, absolute disinterestedness is indeed so rare a thing in your earth that you may well regard it with wonder as something phenomenal. Attachment to mer- material things is a sign of inferiority because the more man cares for the things of this world, the less does he understand his destiny. His disinterestedness, on the contrary, proves that he has, a wa- has arrived at a wider and clearer view of the future. Question 896. There are persons who are generous but without discernment and who lavish their money without doing any real good from the want of a reasonable plan for its employment. Is there any merit in their action? And the spirits say, such persons have the merit of disinterestedness, but they have not that of the good they might do. If disinterestedness be a virtue, thoughtless prodigality is always, to say the least of it, a want of judgment. Fortune is no more given to some persons to be thrown away than do others to be locked up in a safe. It is a deposit of which they will have to render an account, for they will have to answer for all the good they might have done but failed to do, for all the tears they might have dried with the money they have wasted on those who had no need of it. Question 897. Is he to blame who does good, not with a view to obtaining any reward upon the earth, but in the hope that he will be rewarded for it in the other life, and that his situation there will be the better for having done it? And will such a calculation act unfavorably on his advancement? Spirits say, you should do good from charity, that is to say, disinterestedly. And the follow-up question but it is very natural that we should desire to advance in order to emerge from so painful a state as our present life spirits themselves tell us that we should practice rectitude in order to attain this 
could. Literally, it says C-U-D, could. What? Okay, moving right along. Is it wrong, then, to hope that through doing good, we way, we way be better off? It literally says we way, W-A-Y. That's not proper English. We will be better off than we are upon the earth. Is it wrong then to hope that through doing good we way be better off than we are upon the earth? I think he means will. Certainly not, this says the spirits. But he who does good spontaneously without even thinking of its result for himself and simply for the sake of pleasing God and relieving his suffering neighbor has already reached a higher degree of advancement and is nearer to the summit of happiness than his brother who, more selfish, does good from calculation instead of being impelled to it solely by the sentiment of charity already naturalized in his heart. I honestly, I think that in today's world that we're all kind of quite a bit more, it's naturalized in our hearts to to do good. I think all of you listening to this show, it's natural for you. I feel that that's probably the case. I mean, if you were selfish bastiches, I don't think you'd be listening to the show, right? It just doesn't make sense. So I feel like it's not like you have to overcome anything in you. Now, you'd have to overcome something in you if you're down to your last 30 bucks and your neighbor asked you for $25 to feed her dying baby or something, you know, that would be a hardship because you, you would know that you have nothing to eat, you know, that would leave you $5 and you'd have to go on faith on that one, right? I mean, you wouldn't have to overcome your impulse naturally to give to the woman because that would be a hundred percent in your heart to do, right? That's, it's just how I feel like most people are. Most people, they're spiritual today. I mean, we're probably there, you know what I mean? Like it's naturalized in our heart to give like, you know, my kids I've seen, I've like bought them like really nice, like video games or whatever, not, not expensive, but like, I mean like handheld things or I've given them like art supplies or whatever. And I've watched them just use it for a day or two and then go out to give it to kids less fortunate. And it just broke my heart. Like how sweet they are like it's like okay if that's what you wanted I can't afford to give it to you now again but in time we'll get it for you again and they're like it doesn't matter I just you know like I bought them clothes and then the next day what happened to your shoes I gave them to a kid to damn shoes his, his mom's out of work and his dad's in jail oh alright <laughs> let's throw away those dirty socks they have holes in them now we'll buy you new shoes right now I mean, those are my kids, you know, and just, and I can't even say that I take the credit for that, even though I've taught them to be that way. They came here with that. It's not just my kids. It's all the kids, all the kids in this generation and the new ones coming up. They're coming here with this naturalized love and sentiment in their heart. I know it. I see it. I feel it. Do you guys also? All right, hold on. I'm going to. I'm going to pause this for a second because I am burning up. There's so much cosmic energy flowing in right now. Oh, for real. It's like, 
53 or something outside Fahrenheit. It's cold. It's rainy and wet. And I opened the window for like an hour before I recorded this part so that my room would be nice and cool. And I'm like burning up. And I was wearing these, these like tribal hippie pants that everyone comes to South America and buys and wears around the States and I, and they're um, very lightweight and I'm still like burning up. I'm wearing shorts right now, still burning up. I've, I've already had two whole glasses of cold water. So it's not, it's, it's not very hot in here. It's just so much energy. I hope you guys feel it. Lots and lots of energy. All right. So he has a follow-up question to this. Should not a distinction be made between the good we do to our neighbor and the care we give to correcting our own defects? We can understand that there is but little merit in doing good with the idea that it will be counted to us in the other life, but it is also a sign of inferiority to amend ourselves, to conquer our passions, to correct whatever is faulty in our disposition in the hope of bringing ourselves nearer to spirits of higher degree and of raising ourselves to a higher position in the spirit world and the spirits say no no by doing good we merely meant being charitable he who calculates in every charitable deed he does how much interest it will pay him in the present life or in the next one acts selfishly but there is no selfishness in working out one's own improvement in the hope of bringing one's inner oneself nearer to God, which should be the aim of every effort. Question 898. The corporeal life being only a temporary sojourn in a bluer state of existence and our future life being therefore what we should mainly care for, is there any use in trying to acquire scientific knowledge that only bears upon the objects and wants of corporeal life? Oh, that's a good question. Science literally is enmeshed in the 3D material world. It's like all you see is all there is. That's the, this, the um, sign that Spock makes. Literally is the sign of the devil in the devil card in the tarot same exact symbol hand symbol and it literally means all you see is all there is it's very materialistic you know in the in the terms of just being enmeshed in the material it's a very interesting question so yeah right so is there any use in trying to acquire scientific knowledge that only bears on the objects and wants of corporeal life good question and the spirits say Undoubtedly there is, for such knowledge enables you to benefit your brethren. And besides, your spirit, if it have already progressed in intelligence, will ascend more rapidly in the other life, and will learn in an hour what it would take you years to learn upon the earth. No kind of knowledge is useless. All knowledge contributes more or less to your advancement, because the perfected spirit must know everything and because progress has to be made in every direction so that all acquired ideas help forward his development cool question 899 
of two men equally rich and both of whom employ their wealth solely for their personal satisfaction but one of whom was born in opulence and has never known want while the other owes his fortune to his labor which is the more culpable and spirits say he who has known what it is to want for he has felt the suffering which he does not relieve question 900 can he who constantly accumulates without doing good to anyone find an excuse in the fact that he will thus leave the larger fortune to his heirs And those spirits say, such an excuse would only be a compromise with a bad conscience. I don't really understand that one. I don't know if you guys did or not. That was weird, huh? (laughs) Question 901. Of two miserly men, one denies himself the necessaries of life and dies of want in the midst of his treasure. The other is stingy in regard to others, but is lavish in his outlay for himself. And while he recoils from the making the smallest of sacrifices to render service to his neighbor or to subserve a noble cause, is regardless of expense in the gratification of his tastes or passions. If a kindness is asked of him, he's always short of funds. But for the satisfying of any fancy of his own, he always has plenty of money. Which of them is the more guilty of the two? And which of them will be the worst off in the spirit world? The spirits say, He who spends on his own enjoyment, for he is more selfish than miserly. The other is already undergoing a part of his own punishment. Oh, yeah, right? Accumulating wealth and never using it for anything. That would be punishment. Question 902. Is it wrong to desire riches as a means of doing good? And spirits say... Such a desire is laudable when it's pure, but is it always quite disinterested and does it never cover any secret thought of self? Is not the first person to whom one wishes to do good too often oneself? That's a good question. Question 903. Is it wrong to study other people's defects? (laughs) Like staring at their moles? What does he mean by that? <laughs> Not that a mole's a defect, but I always think of it as defects in my skin. Just being redhead Irish person, just nah. Anyway, is it wrong to study other people's defects? The spirits say, to do so merely for the sake of criticizing or divulging them is very wrong. For it is a want of charity. To do so with the view to your own benefit through your consequent avoidance of those defects in your own person may sometimes be useful, but you must not forget that indulgence 
for the faults of others is one of the elements of charity. Before reproaching others with their imperfections, you should see whether others might not reproach you with the same defects. The only way to profit by such a critical examination of your neighbor's faults is by endeavoring in, in, endeavoring to acquire the opposite virtues. Is he miserly? Be generous. Is he proud? Be humble and modest. Is he harsh? Be gentle. Is he shabby and petty? Be great in all you do. In a word, act in such a way as that it may not be said of you in the words of Jesus that you see the mote in your brother's eye, but you don't see the beam in your own eye. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jesus was a card, wasn't he? Some of the stuff he says is just so wild. All right. Question 904. Is it wrong to probe the sores of society for the purpose of rendering them evident? And the spirits say, that depends on the motive from which it is done. If a writer's only object be to create a scandal, it is a procuring of a personal satisfaction for himself by the presentation of pictures that are corrupting rather than instructive. The mind necessarily perceives the evils of society, but the observer who takes pleasure in portraying evil for its own sake will be punished for doing so. And the follow-up question, how can we judge in such a case of the purity of intention and the sincerity of an author? And the spirits say, it is not always necessary to do so. If he writes good things, profit by them. If bad ones, it is a question of conscience that concerns himself. But if he desires to prove his sincerity, he must do so by the excellence of his own example. Question 905. There are books that are very fine, full of moral teachings, front front it, probably that used to say from from which though they have aided the progress of the human race their authors have not derived much moral profit will those good will the good those authors have done by their writings be counted to them as spirits spirits say the principles of morality without a comprehending practice are the seed without the sowing of what use is the seed if you do not make it fructify and feed you such men are all the more guilty because they possess the intelligence which enables them to comprehend the not practicing the virtues they recommend to others they fail to secure the harvest they might have reaped for themselves question 906 is it wrong for him who does good to be conscious or conscious of the goodness of the deed and to acknowledge that goodness to himself? Spirits say, since a man is conscious of the evil he does, he must also be conscious of the good he has accomplished. It is only by this testimony of his conscience that he can know whether he has done ill or well. 
It is by weighing all his actions in the scales of God's law, and especially of the law of justice, law and love and charity, that he can decide whether they are good or bad, and can thus approve or disapprove of them. If it cannot therefore be wrong in him to recognize the fact that he has triumphed over his evil tendencies and to rejoice in having done so, provided he does not make this recognition a subject of vanity, which were in that case, he would be giving way to a tendency to as reprehensible as any of those over which he has triumphed. Now we're in the section called the passions. Ooh la la. <laughs> or if you're in French, it, oh la la, right? I don't know. That's what someone told me once. <laughs> the passions. Question 907. As our passions have their root in nature, are they evil in themselves? Wow, that's like quite an assumption, right? That's just wild assumption. All right. This is one of the parts that fall into the not so 92% accuracy, I think. This is the self discernment one, this part. As our passions have their roots in nature, are they evil in themselves? Spirits say no. It is only their excess that is evil, for excess implies a perversion of the will. But the principle of all his passions has been given to man for his good. And they may all spur him on to the accomplishment of great things. It is only their abuse that does harm. Cool. Question 908. How can we define the limit at which the passions cease to be good or bad? And the spirits say... The passions are like a horse that is useful when under control, but dangerous when it obtains a mastery. A passion that becomes pernicious the moment when you cease to govern it and when it causes an injury to yourself or to others. So he has his own two cents here. He says, The passions are levers that increase man's powers on tenfold and aid him in the accomplishment of the designs of providence. But if, instead of ruling them, he allows himself to be ruled by them, he falls, oh, he falls into every sort of excess, and the same force which held well in hand would have been useful to him falls upon him and crushes him. All the passions have their source in a natural sentiment or a natural want. They are therefore not evil in themselves since they constitute one of the providentially appointed conditions of our existence. What is usually meant by passion is the exaggeration of a need or a sentiment. But this exaggeration is the excessive action of a motive power and not the power itself. It is this excessive action which becomes an evil and leads to evil consequences of every kind. Every passion that brings man nearer to the nature of the animals takes him further from the spiritual nature. 
Every sentiment that raises man above the nature of the animals is evident in the predominance of his spiritual nature over his animal nature and brings him nearer to perfection. Question 909. Would a man's own efforts always suffice to enable him to vanquish his evil tendencies? And the spirits say, yes, very slight ones are often all that's needed. It is the will that is wanting. Alas, how few of you can make any serious efforts to vanquish those tendencies? Question 910. Can a man obtain efficacious help from spirits in overcoming his passions? And the spirits say, if he addresses a sincere prayer for help, for such help to God and to his good genius, genius, good spirits will certainly come to his aid, for it is their mission to do so. All right, so when he says genius, you guys, does that mean his holy guardian angel or his genie? Do we all have a good genie? I now want to know what he means by that. I'll have to look that up on another day, but if you guys know, write me and let me know. All right. Question 911. Is not the action of the passions sometimes so violent that the will is powerless to withstand them? And the spirits say, There are many who say, I will, but whose willing is only on their lips, and who are not sorry that what they declare themselves to will does not take place. When a man is unable to vanquish his passions, it is because through the backwardness of his spirit, he takes pleasure in yielding to them. He who controls his passions comprehends his spiritual nature. He knows that every victory over them is a triumph of his spirit over matter. And uh, question 912. What is the most efficacious means of combating the predominance of the corporeal nature? And the spirits say, the practice of abnegation. Okay. All right, now we're on the section called Selfishness. Question 913. Which among the vices may be regarded as the root of the others? The spirits say, Selfishness, as we have repeatedly told you. For it is from selfishness that everything evil proceeds. Study all the vices and you will see that selfishness is at the bottom of them all. Combat them as you will. You will never succeed in extirpating them until attacking the evil in its root. You have destroyed the selfishness which is their cause. Let all your efforts tend to this end. For selfishness is the veritable social gangrene. (laughs) Whoever would make, even in his earthly life, 
Some approach towards moral excellence must root out every selfish feeling from his heart. For selfishness is incompatible with justice, love, and charity. It neutralizes every good quality. Question 914. Selfishness having its root in the sentiment of personal interest, it would seem that to extirpate it entirely from the human heart must be a very difficult matter. Is it possible to do so? Spirits say, in proportion as men become enlightened in regard to spiritual things, they attach less value to material things, and as they emancipate themselves from the thraldom of matter, they reform the human institutions by which selfish ment is fostered and excited. Such should be the aim of education. Question 915. Selfishness being inherent in the human race, will it not always constitute an obstacle to the reign of perfect goodness upon the earth? And the spirits say, It is certain that selfishness is your greatest evil, but it belongs to the inferiority of the spirits incarnated upon the earth, and not to the human race as such. And consequently, those spirits, in purifying themselves by successive incarnations, get rid of their selfishness as they do of their other impurities. Have you upon the earth none who have divested themselves of selfishness and who practice charity? There are more of such than you think, but they are little known, for virtue does not seek to display itself in the glare of popularity. If there is one such among you, why should there not be ten? If there are ten, why should there not be a thousand? And so on. Question 916. <clears throat> Selfishness, so far from diminishing, increasing, increases with the civilization that seems to strengthen and intensify it. How can the effect be destroyed by the cause. The spirits say, the greater the development of an evil, the more hideous it is seen to be. It was necessary for selfishness to do a vast amount of harm in order that you might see the necessity of extirpating it. When men shall have divested themselves of selfishness, they will live like brothers, doing each other no harm, but mutually aiding each other from a sentiment of solidarity. The strong will then be the support and not the oppressor of the weak, and none will lack the necessaries of life because the law of justice will be obeyed by all. It is of this reign of justice that spirits are now charged to prepare the advent. Question 917. By what means can selfishness be destroyed? And spirits say, Of all human imperfections, the most difficult to root out is selfishness because it is connected to the in, with the influence of matter, which from which man, still too near his origin, has not yet been able to enfranchise himself. 
and which his laws, his social organization, his education all tend to maintain. Selfishness will be gradually weakened as your moral life obtains predominance, predominance over your material life. Through the knowledge which spiritism gives you of the reality of your future state, stripped of allegoric fables, spiritism. When it comes to be rightly understood and identified with the beliefs and the habits of the human race, will transform all your customs, usages, and social relations. Selfishness is based on the importance you attribute to your own personality. Spiritism, on the contrary, when rightly understood, causes you to look at everything from a point of view so elevated that the sentiment of personality is lost, so to say, in the contemplation of immensity. In destroying the sentiment of self-importance by showing its real nature, spiritism necessarily combats selfishness. Man is often rendered selfish by his experience of the selfishness of others, which makes him feel the need of defending himself against them. Seeing that others think of themselves and not of him, he's led to think of himself rather than of others. But let the principle of charity and fraternity become the basis of social institutions, of the legal relations between nation and nation, between man and man, and each individual will think less of his own personal interests because he will see that these have been thought of by others. He will experience the moralizing influence of example and of contact. Amidst the present overflow of selfishness, much virtue is needed to enable a man to sacrifice his own interests for the sake of others, who often feel but little gratitude for such abnegation. But it is above all to those who possess this virtue that the kingdom of heaven is opened and the happiness of the elect assured. While at the day of judgment, whoever has thought only of himself will be set aside and left to suffer from his loneliness. And so, uh, Alan Kardec adds his own, uh, stuff here. So this is kind of long. We'll see how much, hopefully we could get through it. Um, laudable efforts are made to help forward the progress of the human race. The generous sentiments are encouraged, stimulated, honored more than has been the case at any former epoch. And yet the devouring worm of selfishness is still the pest and torment of society. It is a social disease that affects everyone and of which everyone is more or less the victim. It should therefore be combated as we combat any other epidemic. To this end, we must proceed as does a physician and begin by tracing the malady to its source. We should seek out in every department of the social fabric, from the relationships of the family to those of nations, from the cottage to the palace, all the causes, all the influences, patent or secret, that maintain and develop selfishness. The causes of the malady being discovered, the remedy will spontaneously present itself and through the efforts of all directed to a common end the virus will gradually be extirpated the cure may be slow for the causes of the malady are many but it is not impossible it can only be affected however by going to the root of the evil that is to say by generalizing education 
not the education which merely advances men in knowledge, but that which improves them morally. Education, rightly understood, is the key of moral progress. When the art of training, the moral nature, shall be understood, as is the art of training the intellect, it will be impossible to straighten a crooked nature as we straighten a crooked sapling. But this art demands much tact, much experience, and profound observation. It is a great mistake to suppose that the possession of scientific knowledge suffices to enable the teacher to exercise it with success. Whoever observes the life of a child, whether rich or poor, and notes all the pernicious influences that act upon its weakness from the moment of its birth, the ignorance and negligence of those who have charge of it, and the mischievous tendency of many of the means employed with a view to moralize it, will not wonder that the world should be so full of crooked sticks. But let the same skill and care be given to the training of the moral nature as to that of the intellect, and it will be seen that even should some natures prove refractory, the greater number only need to be suitably cultivated in order to yield good fruit. Man desires to be happy, and this desire implanted in him by nature prompts him to labor unceasingly to improve his condition upon the earth and to seek out causes of the evils that afflict him in order to remove them when he toughly comprehends that selfishness is one of those causes that it engenders the pride ambition cupidity envy hatred jealousy by which he is continually annoyed that it brings trouble into all the social relations provokes dissensions destroys confidence, converts friends into foes, and obliges each individual to remain constantly on the defensive against his neighbor. He will see that the vice is incompatible, not only with his own felicity, but even with his own security. And the more he has suffered from it, the more keenly he will feel the necessity of fighting against it as he fights against pestilence, dangerous animals, and every other source of disaster. For he will be compelled to do so in view of his own interest. Selfishness is the source of all the vices as charity is the source of all the virtues. To destroy the one, to develop the other, should be the aim of all who desire to ensure their own happiness in the present life as in the future. Well, there you have it. That's it. We will come back next week and read question 918 under the heading characteristics of the virtuous man. Oh, well, all right. That was kind of a long one, guys. I hope that you, uh, are healthy when you hear this. And if you're not, I hope that you're taking every step to assure that you get through this. If you do have the virus, I want you guys, and it's funny how he's not weird. He's just talking about viruses a minute ago. This is written 163 years ago. And I just read that. And it's like, so cosmic timing, right? Anyway, if you do get sick, I wanted to mention that please, when you fall asleep, fall asleep kind of sitting up 
because you will have a better chance to make it through the night because of the way things happen in pneumonia. You can't lay flat. you got to prop yourself up with a bunch of pillows and just, you know what, it's only two weeks. You'll be okay, but um, I know I've lived through pneumonia many, many times. You know, this one's supposed to be very bad, so in some cases it's just not. So hopefully not. I don't want to scare you, and I don't want you to be afraid, but I want you to be prepared. That's it. Just be prepared. Take care of yourself. Be prepared as much as you can and pray. And listen to the right frequencies, because that does work. It does help. Love motives, and uh, I think it's like 400 and or 741 hertz frequency along with 10,000 hertz frequency is one I've been listening to and it, it does work. It's plus it's beautiful music. It's relaxing and we all need to be relaxed and smiling in these days. So keep smiling. Don't ever stop. All right. Um, <clears throat> I want to, um, just request that if you like this podcast and you think you want to vote for it in the people's choice award, please put this in your calendar your electronic calendar so it will beep and you'll be reminded on July 1st will be when the voting starts. Just say, hey, vote for Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. And I will direct you in June, the whole month of June, I will direct you towards where you're going to go, June and July, to um, actually vote for me. It's the People's Choice Award. So all right. Um, there's, that was the one announcement that I have to do every day. Cause I want you guys to help me with this. Just put it in your calendar. If you've forgotten, please, please do that. All right. Gotta get the word out. So thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, forwarding to your Facebook groups and your Instagram. Um, it is, we're starting to grow. It's just a little by little, you know, I want to get the word out about the show. Um, all kinds of good stuff. I still want to have some guests on. I've been sick for two weeks without being sick. I can't, I don't know if it's ascension symptoms or what. I know I don't have like a virus, but I've been still feeling ill and under the weather for weeks. So I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm just being an empath and taking on other people's stuff. So I'm going to let that go tonight and see what happens tomorrow. Anyway, I love you guys, each and every one of you. I'm so grateful for you. I hear from a lot of you quite often. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel less isolated, and especially in these days of coronavirus panic. (laughs) We all can use a little bit of feeling less isolated, right? Okay, I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But right now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. 
and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.